Blog Talk Radio.
Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another episode of the Good Life Radio Podcast. The phone number, as always, 323-927-2966. Cloudy and warm on primary day here in the Big Apple, and I got a really fun guest lined up for today's show. Uh, first, let me tell you the schedule for the rest of the week. Tomorrow afternoon, 3 p.m., we'll be keeping up our tradition from last season of interviewing a professional football player each week during the season. I'll be interviewing all-time Saints great wide receiver and a cell phone culprit when he played the Giants that night when he scored four touchdowns, wide receiver Joe Horn. Um, Friday, I'm supposed to be joined by yet another WWF legend. We did Kamala a few months ago, who I still text with, and it's the story gets sadder and sadder. He lost his other leg. He has no leg. It's horrible. I, I text him. He's so depressing. But we're going to be joined by uh, Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart, hopefully on Friday. I've said it a few times. I've interviewed Homer Bush of the Yankees. I did that a couple months ago, but he actually wants to change part of the interview. So I'm waiting to see how we can fix that or interview him again, I guess. I interviewed him, but we didn't like do it live. And something's going on with him and ESPN and that TV show when he was on 30 for 30 broke. I think he's trying to sue them or something. So I'm going to interview him soon. Uh, out of all the guests I've interviewed on the show, football, baseball, basketball, boxing, TV celebrities, locked up abroad people, the list goes on and on. I think I had 54 different guests. I've never interviewed a hockey player, so I'm actually pretty stoked with today's guest. And it's funny how I actually got got him on the show, so when he calls in, we're going to go right to him and how the whole interview process of me picking him or him actually saying yes came to tuition. It was pretty good. I'll get to that in a second. So I spoke to Chuck. And him and I are going to do a big-time baseball show to discuss all things in the final couple of weeks of the season. Obviously, the Yankees and if the collapse and the problems with Rivera. I can go on about the Yankees for a while, see if they can make the playoffs. It's it's scary. Kuroda was a saw young pitcher the whole season. He's been horrible the last couple of weeks. Sabathia hasn't been himself all year. Rivera all of a sudden is blowing games. Girardi panicking, bringing Rivera in for six-out saves. It's... There's a lot going on in the Bronx, and I'm pretty nervous. I don't. I actually don't know if we're going to make the playoffs this year. And as a Yankee fan, you ex, you know you expect it every year, but with the injuries we had all year, well, listen, I don't want to make this a complete baseball show. I know we're going to be talking a lot about her, Jose Fernandez of the Marlins, so I'm just becoming obsessed with. He's the next Felix Fernandez, just amazing. Uh, I want to do a college football show too. Hopefully, after Alabama, Nick Saban destroy Johnny Manziel. He's actually becoming embarrassing to watch making the money gesture the autographing of the balls during the game they haven't beat anyone halfway decent yet already he's starting with that crap <sighs> college football again gave me heartbreak last Saturday when Michigan destroyed Notre Dame we're going to get to that we're going to get to my handle on PlayStation 3 which is just Mike Sappho and how I'm taking on all challengers for Madden 25 I think my record's like 25 and 11 I'm smacking around all the young kids out in California. I play really late, so it's late for them. And anyone basically in my age group is probably destroying me with better play calling. No headset this year, so I'm not going to be suspended for cursing again. Uh, Last night, Texans played the Chargers. And again, another person I just despise is Phil Rivers. The cockiness and the arrogance, it's horrible. They're up 21-7 against Schaub, which is... You know, Shop's called the show two or three times. We're going to have him actually week three. 
Shab will come and do the show again with me. He's going to co-host it because we have two good guests coming on. We're going to uh, interview Owen Daniels, his own tight end. And Shab agreed to do the interview with me. So we'll do question for question with Shab going on with Owen Daniels. So that'll be pretty cool. And then we're going to do an offensive lineman. It's not 100% confirmed, so I don't want to just give it away. But Shab's going to do the interview. And then week five, he's been on the show so many times, people are actually getting, I guess, annoyed to have him on. I'm not. <laughs> it's Chris Canty. He'll do the show again with me. And I don't know. We're really running out of things to talk about, him and I. We just talk for hours and hours. Uh, today's guest, he should be calling in any second. I'm actually pretty pumped. It's Brendan Witt from the Islanders. And the reason he's on the show, it's, it's kind of a random guest to have, but it's actually been pretty cool. So when he calls in, I was with my girlfriend. We were going over all the different shows I've done. And he's, you know, and she's like, it's Rick Meyer and Tim Couch and all these guys who I, I'm a huge fan of. And, of course, we have the shop and candy of Josh Booty and Kamala and all people like, obviously, I want to interview. Like, I go out of my way and I was... I emailed Rick Myers while winery, I think like 30 times. To the point where he had no choice but to just say yes to me. And Tim Couch, like I said when the show, when I interviewed him, I wore number two for, ten, not for Derek Jeter. Everyone wears two now for Jeter. I wore it because of Tim Couch. So I'm, I'm making my, you know, I threw them on CDs and I'm lining them up. And, you know, everyone I interviewed, I always ask for a piece of memorabilia. I'm not a memorabilia guy. It's just kind of cool. Like, listen, I don't want an A-Rod jersey. I never met A-Rod. I never talked to him. I'm never going to interview him. So I don't want some A-Rod stuff. Who knows if he even signed it? But any person who comes on the show, I send them down random memorabilia. Uh, the only person who I haven't got anything from yet is uh, Cameron Mills. I'm just deciding what to send to him. I'm actually thinking about buying a, p- a piece of the wood from Rupp Arena. I might have Cameron Mills sign that. But like, so we're going through the thing, and we're going through with Derek Anderson and Booty, Meyer, Couch, Vidal Hazelton, Eric Winston, all these awesome professional athletes. I have all the jerseys in my house. Some of them are framed. Some are waiting to be framed. It's, it's expensive. I, I need money. And she's like, oh, you have to interview Brendan Witt. So I guess I'm going to go to the store before it calls in. So I said, all right, it's, it's not easy just to get an athlete on the show. She said, no, 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 he's cool. She's telling me like she knows him. She's like, oh, he, he's awesome. He'll do the show in a second. I said, oh, all right, let's, let's see how I can get in touch with him. So right away, she tells me his Twitter name. She's borderline obsessed with him, which is, I can't wait to tell him about it. It's like she's a schoolgirl when she talks about him. She she gets all giggly and she's talking about him. But So I said, all right, it's kind of hard. You know, I, I guess I asked around 20 people a day to come on the show. But Twitter, you know, if Larry Fitzgerald tweets something, a thousand people are writing to him. So obviously he doesn't have a chance to read every one of them. So I tweeted uh, Brendan Witt, and within two minutes, literally within two minutes, so awesome, he wrote right back. He's like, oh, what's up? He followed me, and he wrote right back. He's like, what's up? I'm like, listen, just looking to interview you. Without even questioning me what kind of show I do, who who am I? Anything. He comes right on. Yeah, whatever you want. We'll set it up. So him and I have been texting back and forth. He's going to be calling in any second. And it's just wild. And it's funny, before I interviewed him, so... When I know this, like Jimmy Hart, I want to ask him a million questions about Bret Hart, Jim Anvil, wrestling from then and now, what he's doing now, Hogan, like, with Kamala it was easy, with Meyer and Couch, with every athlete of every sport I follow, with locked up abroad people, it's so easy for me to interview them. I know everything 
about their lives, sadly. That's my sad life. I know everything about them. So she's like, I'll interview them. So no, no doubt, hockey's the only sport that I don't live and die and breathe and lose sleep over. I'll watch it when it's on, but it's the only sport that I'm not incredibly obsessed over. And it's pretty crazy. So I'm doing research now the past few days about Mr. Witt, and the story's crazy. I'm going to have him tell the, one of the best hockey stories ever. You know, we always joke around with, you listen to Sports Talk Radio, and you get mad that Jeter's fingers hurting him and he's going to miss a start, or you Darvish, my fantasy baseball pitcher, has a little blister on his hand, and they miss games. And it's frustrating. And you read about an NFL player, you know, knees, not, knees bothering him, sits down an entire game, doesn't play the entire game, and... When you hear what happened to Brendan Witt in Philadelphia, I've heard the story. It's funny. I've heard the story. And you see like little um, things on Twitter and people post pictures about a baseball player holding his little finger and you know, a basketball player limping off the ground if they, you know, they just dunked the ball. And then you see a hockey player who gets seven teeth knocked out in the first period. Second period, they're in playing with just a mouth guard in. It's obviously the toughest place. And when you hear what happened to him in Philadelphia – I'll tease a little bit. The man gets hit by a car, an SUV. Like, refuses medical assistance and goes right away and plays the game. Brushes himself off. It's it's a posture to think about. And then he went and played. But his story is actually pretty cool. He's young, dirty. I always love to interview the athletes and see where they're at. He's in the mid-30s. And he's retired. And I know I can retire in you know, the late 30s, and it's just, it's an insane feeling. I want to see, like, what he's up to, and I'm actually really pumped about it. So, he'll be calling in in two minutes. Just threw me a call. He'll be throwing tech in a couple minutes. We're going to do one more song, and then we interview Brendan. So, sit tight.
And here we go. Brendan, thank you for calling in. The 11th overall pick in the 1993 NHL draft, former defenseman for the Washington Capitals, Nashville Predators, and the New York Islanders. The always entertaining Brendan Witt. Brendan, thank you for calling the show, my man. Hey, yeah, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Listen, I'm, I want to tell you really quick. I just actually told a story a few minutes ago when the show started, but I want to tell you how I, like, I asked to interview you. It's pretty wild. So I just mess around. I do this little podcast, and I only, like, all my favorite people, like Tim Couch, Rick Meyer, all these famous athletes that I grew up watching, I basically stalked them until they agreed to come on the show. So I'm sitting around, and my girlfriend's like, oh, you know you have to get on the show. She's a diehard hockey fan. She's like, you got to get Brendan Witt. I said, okay, it's not easy. I'm trying to explain. It's pretty hard to get professional athletes on the show. And then she's going on and on how she knows you. She's like, well, not that she knows you. She's like, oh, he's the coolest guy. He's so nice. He'll do it. And so she's basically telling me, oh, just just write to him. Just write to him. I said, okay, let me find out how to actually get in touch with him. So she spits out your t- Twitter handle in like two seconds. It's actually getting uncomfortable how much she loves you. And you're right. She's right. You're cool as hell. You wrote back within two minutes. And I just want to thank you so much for uh, calling the show, man. No, no, um, thanks for inviting me. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I first got on Twitter and I didn't really know uh, how it really worked. And um, it's actually a really good outlet to contact people and, and stay in the loop, even though now I'm done playing. It's always good to keep in contact with everybody. And uh, it also opens the door for people like you that have podcasts. And, uh, you know, I think everyone that I've reached out on Twitter has been really responsive. And, you know, I understand you, you're trying to have an audience and, you, you know, you want to get guests. And, you know, I like to talk and I'm willing to <laughs> share stories and, you know, be honest and uh, try to be a little entertaining for your for your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You had a nice long career in the NHL. You're a young dude. How's retirement at 38 years old? What are you up to? Jeez, um, well, you know, my kids, I, I, I was, uh, you know, when I played, I was gone. I was like an enigma. You know, I played in 82 games a year. You're kind of home, but you're not. Um, because you're either getting ready for a game, practice, traveling. So my wife was pretty much, you know, a single parent uh, for the 14 years, you know, that we had our kids. My oldest is now a freshman in in school, and uh, it's kind of nice being home and being involved in their lives. So uh, that 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 is a pro that I'm, uh, you know, I'm home. I get to be a dad, which is awesome. And uh, you know, I also got, you know, I hunt. Uh, I snowboard. I can get back into that. I don't have to go surfing anymore with any sharks anymore. Oh, winter sports. Um, yeah, when I lived in Florida, you know, shark capital, you know, bite state of the United States, so we had to deal with our shark shark encounters. But uh, that that goes with the territory when you decide to go surf in the ocean. So, uh, but uh, I stay busy. I have a hundred acre ranch out here in Montana, and uh, that keeps me pretty busy. All right, listen, you actually, I actually wasn't even going to bring it up because I didn't want to sound ridiculous. Was there a shark story? Because my girlfriend said, you got to ask him about yeah. a shark, but I looked everywhere yeah, on the computer. I, I couldn't find one thing. No, I got asked once and because everyone was like, oh, you surf, you know, and, you know, there's sharks. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's a chance. And, uh, and it was during the 04 or 05 lockout. Uh, it was a really overcast day. It was rainy, calm, and a few buddies and I, we went surfing. And there was these spinner sharks hanging out. It was early morning. You know, water smell like fish. You know, the kind of sharky we call it sharky. Um, so the spinner shark's kind of like a lost dog checking us out, and we're like, oh, okay, whatever. Well, as long as we're three of us stay together, we'll be fine. The spinner sharks don't bother us. So they got to go to work, and uh, you know, I, I'm like, okay. So we all catch waves in, and then I see two other guys about a half a mile down going into another break. 
like that's on the way home from my place, so I'll go walk down there, surf with them for a bit. So probably there for 45 minutes, we're having a good time surfing, and all of a sudden I catch a wave, and I'm riding, and all of a sudden I feel a bump, and I'm like, I didn't hit a rock, and I look, and I see a big dorsal fin, and I'm like, oh my bull shark. I'm like, great. And I get off my board, I'm in the typical knee-high water, I'm like, oh, this is bull shark territory, great. Murky water, I'm walking backwards towards the beach with my surfboard in my hand ready to jab this this surfboard in the shark's mouth because I'm not sure whether I picked it off because I'm not sure if you know about bull sharks. They have the most testosterone of any animal on earth and they're very territorial. So I, I was pretty scared thinking I was going to get hit, but, uh, you know, it's a good story and uh, it just realized uh, how small you are when, you, when you're in actually in their playground, their environment. So, but uh, that's the closest I've been to a shark. It was kind of, I think he was chasing bait fish and we kind of just hit each other while I was catching the waves. So, uh, yeah, it's scared, it's scared the hell out of me, definitely. That's so awesome. Okay, I always ask this question to every professional interview, and it's kind of a generic question, right. but I'm just always curious. What's the moment, the moment that anything defining when you knew that hockey, it, it wasn't going to be a game anymore, that you were special enough and it was going to be your career? Um, I kind of knew that when I played in Seattle and I got drafted, but you also seen a lot of first-rounders that never panned out. Uh, you knew you didn't have to get too you didn't want to get a big ahead. You knew it was a stepping stone in the right direction. Um, and then I think, you know, when you start hitting, you know, I thought it was so cool playing against Wayne Gretzky and Meryl Lemieux, you know, in their heyday. You get to hammer them. And, you know, it's weird. I'll, I'll never forget first time we played the Boston Bruins in U.S. Air Arena. And I'm playing against my childhood idol, uh, Cam Neely. Mm-hmm. And here I am, got him against the boards, cross-checking him, trying to fight my idol. <laughs> And uh, Scapinelli, one of the linesmen, uh, grabs me and goes, Kid, you're going to get killed, you know? And I'm like, No, I want to fight my idol. And Cam Neely looks at me like, What? And I'm like, Yeah, I want to fight my idol. And, and, and we ended up fighting. But it was just it was just really neat because here I was in the NHL playing against, you know, these guys I've watched and idolized growing up as a young kid. Um, you know, and a lot of people go, Well, why Cam Neely? You know, he wasn't a defenseman. And I'm like, I love the way he played. He was gritty, nose, and, and he was like a bull in a china shop, and he didn't take any crap. So uh, it was pretty awesome once uh, once when I played my first game against the, the Bruins and, and played against him. It was, it was a defining moment probably for me just to play against him. Uh, it was, well, that's it was like a welcome to the NFL moment. Okay, yeah, I love old yeah. drafts. I love watching hockey, basketball, football, baseball draft, everything. Tell me about draft night. What goes through your mind? I interviewed a lot of kids who got drafted in the NFL the last draft. What goes through your mind? Did you know the Caps wanted you at 11? Are you nervous each pick? No. Well, what happens is, like, it's kind of sad because you'll see kids there that are only, like, chosen in the 10th round, you know, like, that are rated and they still be there. But um, I only went to draft because I was ranked in 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 the first round. So I went and... You don't know. I mean, I had a, the night before the draft, I had an interview with Chicago, which was like mafioso, all smoking <laughs> cigars and with closed out windows. And, you know, it was like the word family was eyeing me up and like, well, we'll take you if you're still available. And you don't know. So you're interviewing another te- with all these teams the night before the draft because they want to see what type of person, type of character you are. Um, and then, you know, sitting in the Quebec Nordique old, arena with no air conditioning it was 80 degrees we're all sweating in suits um and it's a waiting game and you're just kind of waiting like okay um 
am I going to get called? I don't know. And then you, you hear someone else's name go, and you're, you're waiting, and you're like, okay, this might be it. No, keep going. And I didn't know. I thought I thought my dad was hoping I was going to go to Toronto back in the day because that was his favorite team. Um, they, they were after the Caps. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just a proud moment, you know, in a, a childhood dream of mine, you know, getting selected to play in the NHL first round and, uh, you know, to play as long as I did, I'm, you know, very fortunate, um, to last as long as it did playing hurt and my body, my last year with the Islanders, you know, my body didn't cooperate and you could tell that, uh, it's becoming a young man's game and I was getting old. I was on the other side of the coin now. So, uh, you know, I was just fortunate to play as long as I did. Oof. Now, Real quick, as you just mentioned the Islanders, you played with them. What do you think about that move to Brooklyn? Uh, I think it's good. I mean, they do need a new rink. Um, I also like playing in the Coliseum. I had that old feel to it. Um, but with this day and age now, uh, with all these new super arenas, um, they need a new building. It's unfortunate that uh, Nassau called, you know, the the county didn't want the team there, and uh, you didn't give them much options. Uh, I think it'll be it'll be really good to be in Brooklyn. Um, I think it's uh, it's a nice arena. It's a beautiful arena. They just got to add a couple more seats, I believe, for hockey, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it's the right move for the for the franchise. Yeah, I just hope they can draw there in Brooklyn. You know, it's easy to draw on the island. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, you're also you, you you are competing with the Rangers and the Devils now because you're so much closer. And and how many fans from Huntington, from Garden City, are going to drive into Brooklyn? I don't know. Um, I guess time will tell. And they may also draw a new fan base. You know, so uh, you know they're they're an upcoming team. They got young young teams. You know, they just. Uh, Gave JT the C, which is good. They're in the right direction. You know, they had a great playoffs, even though they lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They kind of rattled the Penguins there, and that's all. Oh, yeah, they did. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was interesting. So that's good experience for that team uh, going into this year. Now, with the Capitals, you lead the league in hits one year. I saw that. That's awesome. You go to the Stanley Cup. Does it bother you? Is that like your one missing link that you never won the Cup? Um, yeah, but. You gotta remember, some guys never, never get there, mm-hmm. you know. And the, the, even to participate in it was great. Um, but at the end of the day, Detroit had the better team, you know. And the defining moment in that series is when Essatikin and uh, we could have went up, I believe, four-one. Uh, uh, he missed the empty net, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we folded in the third, and Detroit came back and won the game, and 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 went back to Washington with the two. Two zero zip. I think if we would have won that second game, it would have been a different series. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the better team. You know, Detroit had already been there before, knew what it take. We were the first team in franchise history to be there. Um, and you know, I think you if you look at Detroit when they lost to uh, New Jersey, they, they they learned a lot of stuff. You know how to get back there. So and what's hard is getting back. Getting back to that same scenario, it's not easy uh, to do that. So, um, you know, yeah, it, it sucked that we lost, but, you know, I'm pretty proud that I even got there in my career and had the opportunity uh, at the end of the day because a lot of guys never do see that at all. And um, now, that's you, a really you're, you, Yeah, you're a tough dude, obviously never afraid to drop the gloves and throw down. If you YouTube yourself, like all it is is you fighting and you beating people up. What's your most fam- like famous or favorite fight you ever threw down in? Um, I probably think uh, Dan Cordick fight. I mean, here I am, 
I'll never forget we're in uh we're in Philly and you know, we were I was out with the Dale Hunter line with Craig Berube and they threw out the Claw, Cordic and Daniels and I was like, Oh great, these guys are gonna come. One of them are coming after me and actually Daniels was coming after me first and Cordic actually beat him to me. And uh um, you know, it's pretty awesome because Philly I love Philly fans. Um they're passionate and they get a standing O in Philly was pretty wild, and that's, that's a defining moment that I'll never forget. And, you know, and I broke Cordic's nose, which was yeah. kind of nice. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but, uh, too, so. Yeah, but, you know, they're passionate fans, and just to get a standing O there um, was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, everyone's like, oh, you fight, and I go, well, watch, watch a couple hits, you know, when I lay out Malkin or Crosby, uh, you know, or Fedotenko, which happened all to play with the Pittsburgh Penguins each time that I nailed them, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> which is weird, but, uh, but then, then back in the day, you know, the, the internet and stuff wasn't like it was today where you can get every angle now, nowadays, um. So, you know, the game's changed. And, and the hits now, we always make jokes that, you know, if Scott Stevens was in the game now, he would have been thrown out of the league with his hits. So, uh, you know, the game's changed big time. And scary with all the concussion stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. And guys are faster. I'm sorry, do you, you ever see yourself return to hockey in some form? Do you miss it? I know you have the alumni game coming up. I, yeah, I read that. Um, that's going to be a neat experience, going to Washington for alumni. Uh which is kind of cool. Uh, it'll be the first first time for me to do that. Um, do I miss it? Yeah and no, because you know if when you make a commitment to it, um, you have to put the time and energy in it. And right now, uh, my kids are at an age where I need to be home. Uh, will I return at some point? Maybe down the way, but not right now. I think it's important for my girls to have a father figure at home and, and, and be concentrated on my family now since I was gone for so long. What's the first, I love asking this question, your first big-time purchase with your NHL money? You make some money. What's the first thing that you bought that you always wanted? Did you ever, Did you splurge on one thing? Um, no, well, I did it for my wife once. Um, my wife, after our second child, she hemorrhaged, went into coma, equalized septic. Oh, God. Uh, she almost died. Um, once when she recovered... To somewhat normal, I purchased her a Ferrari uh, Spider, and we, yeah, so that was fun to, to rip around in. But I got that at cost, so someone brought it over for Europe and then uh, did the conversions to it, and uh, they couldn't sell it because the euro the the euro went up and the U.S. dollar went down. So for every day it sat here, it was losing money. So uh, I kind of got a deal on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then sold it and got my money back out of it later after I put about uh, 20,000 miles on it, So, um, right. which is not a bad deal. No, not at so, all. I'm always curious when people are out. You know, I, I'm very good friends with Chris Canty, the Giants. Um, I would say if you want to impress somebody, you're out. Who's the most famous person in your phone? You can pull your phone out and say, look what, look whose number I have that I can dial now. Who's the most famous person? Jeez. Oh. Um, on my phone right now? Uh, I'd have to say maybe Baba Booey from the Howard Stern show. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's actually a pretty good one. Yeah, I mean, Gary, it was kind of neat. Um, when I was playing for the Islanders, my wife had the opportunity to take him around, and 
I didn't know he was at the game, and uh, I came into the players' lounge, and my wife goes, "Hey, I got someone to meet," and I look at him, and I see it's Gary Del Bonte. I'm like, I'm like in shock. My wife goes, "You okay?" I go, uh, "Gary, I'm a huge fan. I've been a Howard Stern fan forever since you guys were in DC." He's like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And you know, my wife, you know, listened to them forever. You know, when they had when they were on public TV with their uh, with their uh, TV show late at night and stuff. Yeah, so I, I, I it was just neat. And we got the we got we he invited us to the serious radio to the wrap up show, so we got to sit into the wrap up show and which which was really cool to see how it was done and it was just really neat. You know, saw Howard from a distance and, and, and Robin from a distance, which was cool. Um, you know. I understand, you know, those are mega celebrities. It'd be cool to meet them, but I I understand they need their personal space. You know, just mm-hmm. like when I'm eating at a restaurant, I don't want to be bothered too, so I, I totally understand. I know how that goes. But uh yeah. Yeah, you know what, Baba Boo's? Yeah, Baba Boo is actually a pretty. That's actually a really good answer. You know, yeah. you, you get some yeah. get some corny ones like well, I'm not into country music, but you know, you get some country music like Tim Couch from Kentucky and the Browns. He went on and on about the Kentucky. I mean, about um country music. So Baba Boo is a good one. Uh, obviously, you're still yeah. watching the NHL. Who's your uh, favorite yeah. players to watch right now? Favorite team to watch right now? Favorite players? All oh, favorite players. Um. I don't really have any favorite players because I'm not like a fan fan. Like, I try to put it in perspective. Like, I used to beat a lot of these guys' heads in the wall. It's like that was my job to punish them physically and, and play mind games. You know, I feel fortunate that I got to play against Crosby, Malkin, you know, Ovechkin. Played with Ovi his rookie year. I got to play against Gretzky, Lemieux, uh, Yager, Lindros, Steven. I mean, I can go on the list and keep going, which was really cool. Uh, Messier. Um, but now, um, you know, it's a new generation. You know, I, I appreciate everyone's talent, but I don't have a favorite player, um, really. Do I root for guys? Here and there, yeah, usually mostly the grinders and stuff. Like, I love uh, Brooks Lake in, in Wash. You know, I uh, I played with him when we first got him from Ottawa when we traded Bondra, and he's a good kid, and, you know, he's got good work ethic. And uh, I'm, I'm more of a meat and potatoes guy, you know. I don't care for the flashiness so much. I, I like for the hard work ethic and the dedication and, and the time that you put in. Cause that's how I was taught with Dale Hunter was uh, – you put in your time, you put in your dues, and you'll be rewarded with old school work ethic. And uh, um, you know that's how I was raised anyway as a kid: is work, work ethic. Whatever job you did, my dad said you'd be proud of what you do, and you put uh, you put effort in 110 percent. Whatever you do, if that's you're cleaning up trash or, or, or you're farming, so you just have that pride ethic, you know, that work ethic. Do you have any memorabilia from when you played? Did you keep anything, anything special to you? Uh, yeah, and it, it, it's, um, I asked Mario for a stick once after playoffs. Um, and you got uh, that? Yeah. Yeah, he's personalized to me. And I have a Crosby jersey that's personalized to me. And that's it. You know, that, that's all I got. And that's all I, I'll, I've never really asked for anything. I've never been one guy to, I always thought there was a code of, uh, respect, you know, that, because, you know, you just saw, like, a couple of months ago, some guy sold his Gretzky uh, collection, which is cool, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm a player. I'm proud to say I played in the best league in the world for a long time and played against some real good players, world-class players. And as much 
crap that I talked on the ice, off the ice. I was always professional with one another. Um, you know, the other day, uh, about four months ago, I had a buddy who uh, who uh, retired from the Secret Service for 29 years, and uh, Ron Francis was at, at his retirement thing. So that was cool to chat up with Ron. Uh, you know, really down to earth guy, really class act. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we all have something in common. We played against. Uh, played a kids game, got paid well doing it, and uh, we have camaraderie and uh, you know playing against each other. Even though we were combatants, uh, we still relate, which is cool. Yeah, it's funny you said the code. So, like I said, I'm really good friends with Chris Canty from the Giants. He's on the Ravens now, and a couple times I've gone out with him numerous times. And there's other NFL players. Like uh, I was there at the Super Bowl and they won. He invited me, and Eli Manning's there. And all I wanted to yeah. do was like, listen, I want to get a, a pitch with Eli. He's like, listen, I, I can't tell you, hey. Like it's such a you said it perfectly. It's a perfect code. You don't. It's not a big deal, but you feel weird even asking them to ask their friends for an autographed jersey. It's just weird. All right, I'm gonna finish up with two more things. One, you have a few military things on your Twitter, which I absolutely love, and I saw yeah. you read uh, Trident Canine Warriors, which is phenomenal. Have you ever read uh, Lone Survivor or Unbroken? Uh yeah, I actually just got done with Lone Survivor a couple of weeks ago with Chris Kyle. Um, really good book. Uh. I think uh, our military does a great thing to do, and uh, I got involved with the program out of uh, out of Fort Benning uh, called Hockey Saves. Uh, we start started by a lady, Jack Andrews, who's actually a local New Yorkian um, who lost some friends in, in 9/11 during the World Trade Center, and uh, she decided to put a program for these an outlet for these soldiers that are actually play hockey down in Fort Benning, out in Columbus. And uh, it's been really good. There's been a couple guys that have just gone on deployment, but it gives them an outlet. Uh, so I just thought I'd step in and maybe try to raise some funds for some of their ice time and, and just be proactive because I've always wanted to do I've loved our military. I have a really good friend who's an active uh, Navy SEAL right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't take those guys for granted. They let us sleep at night very easily for what they do and uh I just want to make sure they have a program and get taken care of and have an outlet, you know, for a few hours a night, you know, once or twice a week, you know, just to to defuse themselves for you know, because we all know uh you know, war can do something bad to the some somebody's psyche. So and giving them an outlet is is all I'm looking to do out of one of the best games on earth and to uh to get guys playing hockey soldiers is, is just a positive that's yeah. I'm beyond a fan of our military. I love that. I saw that on your site. Yeah. All right. I know you told the story a million times, but you know it's an all-time what? great one. Can you wrap up the show with your famous story in '09 in Philly when you got hit by the SUV? Do you mind? Okay. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no all right. That's great. Um, if anyone knows where the Four Seasons is in Philly, uh, I forget the name of the road, but there's a Starbucks. If you walk out of the Four Seasons and turn right and go about. Four blocks, there's a Starbucks on the right-hand side. But you need to cross, uh, I believe, two one-way streets. And uh, I was crossing. I had the green light. I had the right-of-way. And uh, oncoming traffic is a one-way street. And this knucklehead uh, cut kind of was in the second lane, went in front of everybody, cut around. And next minute I knew I was on top of a Tahoe getting thrown about 15 feet back with my iPod on. and So uh, I get hit throw it on the ground, and I'm like, are you real, you know, I'm swearing right now, like, are you kidding me? I get out, and I got people around me like, don't move, are you okay? And I'm brushing myself off, like, I'm okay, and I'm swearing at the guy like I want to 
beat the piss out of them right there in the middle of Philly. And they're like, we're going to call the cops. And I'm like, don't call the cops. I'm okay. I don't have it. I'm checking myself off the street if, I'm, if I have anything broken. Can I walk? And I'm like, i got to get myself a coffee. i got to play a hockey game tonight. So um, by the time I got to uh, the rink, um, some reporter goes, I just heard you were hit by a car. That's a joke, right? And I go, no, actually I did. How did you find that? She goes, someone saw you and called it in. One of the card guys, I think. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, it's true. And she's like, you're going to play? And I'm like, yeah, I feel okay. I, I feel not bad. Now, that looking back, you know, I was a little sore. I used to play the game, but I believe that was probably just adrenaline through the whole day, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. could have probably turned out a lot worse. Uh, and I was just really lucky, really lucky. Like, I'm surprised I didn't get my knee dislocated or something. I just reacted quick enough to jump up on the hood and then get thrown back, you know, pretty hard. But, you know, I was just lucky. Lucky. So it makes a good story. No, it makes a great story. It's on your Wikipedia page, which is great. But that's, you know, I, like I said earlier, there's like all Instagram pictures and stuff. You'll see a baseball player with a little blister, and then you'll see a hockey oh. player, like, real man with the teeth knocked out, and has you next to a truck, and says he played that night. Yeah. It's, it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, you know, and that's on everybody. I mean, everyone has a different type of threshold and, and I'm I and at the end of the day I made the call that I could play. So, you know, and I was okay. I was just lucky. I was just so lucky. Uh, it, it could have ended up a lot worse than it did. Now Brendan, so, I'm gonna I wrap it up real quick. My girlfriend has your jersey, so when we hang up, I'm just do you mind signing it for her when I mail it down to you? Yeah, no problem. It's gonna be uncomfortable to probably be sleeping in it. Now listen, all my friends usually call the show and I don't put them on because they just yell stuff like idiots, but this is actually a number I don't recognize. So do you mind taking one all call? Right. Yeah, no problem. I actually have no no idea who it is. It's uh, it's two eight seven two. Okay, you're on the air with Brendan. Hi, my name is Christina. And first Hi. of all, Brendan, I'm a huge fan. I wanted to know what it was like playing with against Sean Avery. Oh, uh, good. I always got in his head, which was nice. I I was one of those guys that could get underneath his skin. And I would say pretty much anything in the book that I could use against him uh, to <laughs> get underneath Sean's uh, skin. And uh, I was able to do that, which usually, you know, it was the other way around uh, for him. He was quite a pest, did it very well. And uh, they able to get underneath his guy, guy's skin like that ever since he was in L.A. is, uh, is quite good. I, I, I was quite proud of that moment I could get underneath his skin. So <laughs> it was good. But, um... You know, he he was what he was. Um, you know, people said he was a pest. Uh, you know, he did that well. You know, he's probably one of the best uh, aggravating players to play against. Um, and you just kind of kind of ignore him like a bad like a bad zit. So, Brendan, listen, man, thank you so much. Hey, listen, you were out in Long yeah. Island. You, you loved Howard Stern. Did you ever listen to Opie and Anthony? Yeah, I, I did. Just that. I couldn't get into them. I try. I gave him a chance, and it mm-hmm. just threw were my things. Um, you know, that's the same with uh, when I was in D.C. Um, guys were huge fans of the sports junkies. Oh yeah. And, uh, I I just was never a big fan, so you know, it was just I'm always been a loyal Howard Stern listener and religiously uh, listen to them daily. I just hate that they only they work less and less now, so <laughs> it kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Brendan, thank you so much, my brother. I had a great time with you. And uh, yeah. afterwards, I'll just throw you a tag. You tell me where to send the jersey. Okay, cool. No problem. Thanks, Thanks for having so me. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Have a good day.
How entertaining was Brendan Witt? I hope I did good with my uh, first hockey interview. I'll play some Foo Fighters songs. Now I'm going to get an email that I'm not allowed to play Foo Fighters songs. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening. A lot of people called in. I don't know their phone numbers. It's usually my friends being asses. I usually don't put them on. But anyway, follow me on Twitter, at Mike Sappho, at M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O. And listen tomorrow when I interview Saints great wide receiver, Joe Horn. Have a good day, everybody.